Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, giving leaders the tools and information they need to grow and change their worlds. Now here's your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. On today's episode, interpersonal skills and effectively communicating, building rapport, and relating to all kinds of people. It is definitely one of the core competencies from the Complete Leader, the book. Hopefully you've had a chance to read the book by Ron Price and Randy Lisk. If not, no worries, but put it on your reading list. These podcasts are a way for you to dive deeper into each of the competencies in the book. And as I said, Ron Price, one of the co-authors, and he is the gentleman we go to each and every week on the Complete Leader Podcast. Ron is president and founder of Price Associates, a global leadership performance firm. As a noted expert on how human behavior translates to company culture, individual and business performance, he's traveled more than 2 million miles, given more than 1,500 speeches in 15 countries. And drawing from those travels and 35 years of experience in leading successful organization organizations, Ron brings a unique perspective to developing talent and bringing out the best in ourselves and others. And today we dive into interpersonal skills. Ron, great to see you. It's great to be with you, Dale. And I just want to comment how much I appreciate you hosting this program and the leadership that you've given to me as we work on these podcasts together. You know, some people might think that, well, if you've read the book or you've done a little bit of studying about one of these skills, you're done. You just move on to the next thing. But the reality is these are skills that we come back to over and over again throughout our career, and they take on new meaning. They bring new challenges. There are new ways for us to advance our capacities as a leader as we move through our career. And that's why I love the idea that we get to have these conversations about these skills in the context of the journey of becoming a complete leader. Thank you for the compliment. And that word journey is so true. And I feel incredibly fortunate to be part of the journey with you. So let's talk about this interpersonal skills. First, a definition. Yeah. So you did a good job already talking about it's effectively communicating with other people and building rapport, building relationships and and really relating to all kinds of people, not just sticking to, quote, your kind. And sooner or later, leadership always boils down to leadership with other relationships with other people. You know, we talk about leaders being clear thinkers, but what value is there in being a clear thinker if you don't use it? to work with and influence other people. Or we can talk about leaders leading themselves. Well, that's great. It's great to be accountable and well-managed and have your emotions under control. But what good is any of that if we don't eventually come to how we interact with people? So ultimately, I think the greatest uh, role of a leader is to be an influencer, which implies that other people are involved. So that's why I think this is such an important part of uh, our overall leadership matrix, uh, the way that we communicate with and build networks and relate to people of a, a variety of different kinds. And Dale, when you think about influencing people, it really comes from three different dimensions. As a matter of fact, a sneak preview, this is what our next book is about, which is coming out in February of 2018. Uh, we influence people by who we are, by our character, and our character is how we behave and how we relate to other people also. And then we influence people by our expertise. 
This is about what we know or what we're capable of doing, getting done, how we create value for others through our expertise. And then the third kind of influence comes from our position. That's the organization that we're a part of. It's what or who is behind us and how this could provide potential benefit to other people. So interpersonal skills is all about creating the context, the environment or the ecosystem so that we can be more influential as leaders. I'm thinking about some infamous stories I've heard regarding well-known CEOs, very large publicly traded companies, and uh, and comments they've made about it's the people that get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, if, if only they didn't have to deal with all the people. And, right. Um, and, and I just, and you hear that and it's cringeworthy, especially when you've when you dive into the complete leader and you start looking at interpersonal skills and you just logically think through the importance of character and expertise and position and our opportunity to influence those around us. Yeah, we live in a new world today. I'm, I'm reminded of Henry Ford, who said uh, that he wanted people to leave their minds at home. He only needed their arms and their bodies to manufacture his Model T's. That's not the world that we live in today. Today, collaboration and effective communication and um, building these combinations of interests so that we all win in the end. This is really what the world is about today. Uh, Randy Lisk, obviously the co-author of The Complete Leader, also wrote a book that I really love called Bumper Sticker Leadership. If anybody wants to get a copy of it, they can go to Amazon or they can go to our website, price-associates.com. And one of the bumper stickers in this small coffee table style book that Randy wrote is we hired workers and human beings showed up. And it's really true in a knowledge society, in a society where we create more value based on what we know and who we know, relationships are a very important part and understanding how to build strong, mutually beneficial, could I even say synergistic relationships is really key to optimizing your leadership influence. And that brings us right back to interpersonal skills, understanding them and how to develop them. So let's dive into this, the, the concept of interpersonal skills and how we start becoming more of a complete leader in interpersonal skills. Well, I go back to something that we've said oftentimes during our conversations, and that is that we have to begin by recognizing that it is a skill. It's a learned capacity. Yes, it's true that some people will have natural traits that make it easier for them to build relationships than others. But interpersonal skills are something that you can learn. And if you practice it, and if you understand your traits and learn how to leverage or amplify or adapt your traits, anybody can get good at this. My observation has been that when I work with extrovert leaders, that means leaders who tend to speak first, leaders who tend to be more outgoing, tend to be oftentimes more enthusiastic or more direct. These kinds of leaders I've found usually tend to have too many relationships and they squander the potential benefits. Now, what I mean by that is they're great at creating the connection, but they're not always as good at managing the connection over time or creating value in the connection. And when I talk about potential benefits, I'm talking about both directions, both what that leader can do for the people in their network and what the people in their network can do for them. In contrast, when I work with leaders who are more introverts, so these would be people who tend to not be the first to speak up 
in a gathering. They would be people who tend to want to spend more time thinking deeply and reflecting or maybe researching or studying. These people tend to have too few relationships and therefore they limit their opportunities. So they may have a small circle of friends that they are very close with and they're very meaningful relationships, but they're missing the opportunity to reach out further and to build their network and therefore to have um, a lot more chances to create mutual benefit and find ways to advance their leadership both to enrich their own life and to enrich the lives of others. So the first thing is to recognize that it's a skill and that we all come to that skill, that process of learning how to do this from a little bit different bias. I, I think obviously, Dale, you could say, well, what about if somebody's not an extrovert or an introvert? We call them an ambivert. So it means they're more flexible. Sometimes they'll speak first, other times they'll hold back. Sometimes they're more outgoing, other times they'll be more withdrawn. These people usually tend to have a better balance, although we still all have to learn how to develop the skill because it's not just a tendency or a trait or what we might refer to as a talent, but it's a learned capacity. We all get to learn how to be better and better. And I think, you know, extrovert, strength, introvert, strength, ambivert, strength. And anytime we overuse those strengths, they can become a weakness. It's exactly true. It's you're right on target. We want to make sure that we recognize and appreciate those strengths. So the extrovert has the ability to connect with a lot of people. But the shadow of that strength is sometimes we don't go deep enough or often enough. The introvert, the strength is the ability to go really deep and to have meaningful, much more potent relationships. But the shadow of that is sometimes we don't reach out uh, to people who could have a profound impact on both our lives and us having a profound impact on theirs. Absolutely. So let's talk about some ways that we can regardless of, of where we fall on that spectrum, introvert, ex, extrovert, ambivert, uh, systems for building deeper relationships. Yeah, so a system is a great way to develop a skill because it gives us the opportunity to be disciplined and to repeat something over and over. And if you repeat something over and over with some reflection and sometimes some feedback, you'll get better over time. You get better little by little and eventually it becomes a part of you. We now know through neuroscience that you're literally building new neural pathways when you work on developing a skill. If you give it enough effort, enough repetition, and you practice it the right way over time. I am a book lover. Books have changed my life. And actually, I consider books to be part of my network of people I know. I don't necessarily get to interact with every author, although I've been privileged to do that quite often. But every author contributes something to me. And, and so in a way, that's part of my network. And one of those books that has, I think, created a tremendous model for this is a book by Judy Robin. It's called How to Be a Power Connector. The five plus 50 plus 100 rule for turning your business network into profits. Now, you could just look it up on Amazon and look up how to be a power connector by Judy Robinett and you'll get it. But what I love about this idea that she captures in the five plus 50 plus 100 rule is that we think about having three circles in our network, the innermost circle is what I call our inner circle, and it's our very close friends and associates. It's the people that we have the most intimate, the most connected, the most frequent relationships with. And the, the, in order for people to get into that inner circle, 
I recommend that we need to have shared values. We need to have, I don't necessarily mean shared beliefs. We may have different beliefs politically or philosophically or religiously, but I'm talking about shared values. So examples of shared values for me would would be, for instance, that we believe in honesty or that we believe in um, continuous growth or that we believe in the value of relationships. Those are all examples of shared values. Secondly, we should have some mutual interests if people are going to be a part of this inner circle. Now those interests may be around leadership or they may be around cars or they may be around, uh, they could be anything, they they may be around dinosaurs, but whatever those shared interests are, we'll benefit by spending a lot of time together because we have similar interests, even though we may be in different industries or different businesses. And then the third part of that inner circle is, is this somebody that you want to stay in very frequent contact with? So you're probably going to not only view them as a business relationship, but as also as an important social relationship. They're really integrated into your life in a significant way. This is the inner circle of friends. The second circle, so these are concentric circles that are going from the middle to the outer, sort of like a bullseye uh, target would have. The second circle that I refer to as the middle circle of meaningful relationships, I recommend and that these also be people that you have shared values with. Judy refers to this as the 50. So for her, the inner circle is five people that she says you're having contact with almost daily. 50 are the people that you're still having quite a bit of contact with, still frequent interactions, and you also have shared values and mutual interests, but not that same level of intimacy, that that sense of connectedness where our destinies are intertwined, both in terms of our professional career and our personal lives. And then the third circle, the outer circle, the broad circle of contacts, I would say, would be people that you're friendly with, you know them, they're out there, and there may be serendipitous crossing of your paths that would cause them to move toward one of the circles more toward the center. And usually what you're looking for here is people that there's a mutual curiosity. You're interested in getting to know more about them. They may be interested in getting to know more about you, but it's not one of your frontline relationships. It's not one of the most important. Maybe you have potential mutual interests, maybe not. Maybe you learn from the diversity of interests that you have. And oftentimes these people do represent the greatest degree of diversity that you experience in your network. And your interactions are going to be much less frequent. They may be infrequent or they may be maybe quarterly or annually or something like that. So the first is to have this model that you have three levels in your network. These Your inner circle for whom you develop a very intimate relationship based on shared values and mutual interests and lots of interacting with each other. That middle circle that you still have communication with and you think about how to nurture those relationships, but it's not quite as frequent. They may not be quite as personal. And then the outer circle of people that you know and they might know of you, but you haven't had the opportunity to really get to know each other that well yet. Let's talk quickly about how social media impacts these circles from a relationship yeah. standpoint, because yeah. I'm thinking about um, a conversation I had with a 20, 21 year old, and he recently got married, met his wife through social media, and their conversations for the first couple of weeks were text messages, completely different than the way um, a lot of a lot of us and folks I'm guessing who who listen to this podcast would think about a relationship. 
Yes, and I have a very dear friend who met his wife through one of the online dating services. And um, I think for those of us that have been around for a while and, and maybe met our spouse in a more um, dynamic uh, living sort of a situation instead of a digital world or a virtual world, it might come across as strange to us. But my friend said to me, one of the great values of being able to do things like that online is you learn a lot more about the person before you ever decide whether you want to get together and get to know them. Whereas the way we used to do it, we don't know much of anything about them unless they're a friend of a friend and we've been prepped by that friend. So the, the, the social media tools that we have are what I would call a tactic, not a strategy. And what I mean by that is they can be great tools that help us in building our interpersonal skills and in building our networks, but they aren't the strategy itself. So because of that, we end up with Facebook where we have hundreds or maybe some of us thousands of what we call friends. And it almost becomes cynical because they're not really friends. They're just a connection. And some of them, depending on how quick we are to accept an invitation, maybe somebody that we don't even know who they are, where we met them, but they're, they are a friend of somebody we know and trust. And so we go ahead and accept that friendship. So Facebook doesn't really give us the opportunity to create those um, deeper relationships, unless you have a special group that you've set up on Facebook. LinkedIn's very similar, although LinkedIn generally is much more focused on business relationships, not as much on personal relationships. And one of the advantages of LinkedIn is that you can set up private groups. So you could potentially have your inner circle be a part of a private group on LinkedIn where you have special access to each other that other people don't have access to, or you could do that with that middle circle as well. So the social media um, tools are valuable if we use them the right way. But if we don't think strategically, if we don't think intentionally about how we're using those tools, then they become diluted very quickly and they have very little value. I would also say that um, it, because we say the inner circle is frequent, almost daily interaction, if you're going to use social media, that means you got to go to that site or you have to go to that app and to that place where you have your inner circle on a regular basis. It could be texting for a lot of us. For instance, with our extended family, we have six children who are adults and then we have eight grandchildren and um, we have a group text set up so that we communicate with each other almost daily as family members. Of course, it's no substitute for FaceTime or getting together when we have the opportunity to, but it's been a great way to stay connected because we're intentional about who we invite into that. So it's only for family members, nobody else. You can do the same thing with your inner circle, or you may be a part of two or three different inner circles, I suppose, based on who you're connected to. So let's dive into working on building the interpersonal relationships. Great. So I'm going to give you some um, really practical advice, but it's uh, also conceptual or philosophical. The first is if you want to build great interpersonal skills, be more interested in the other person than you are in yourself. It sounds like a simple thing, but when you choose to take a greater interest in the person you're talking with instead of always wanting to have them be interested in you, you're going to be a lot more successful in developing your interpersonal skills. I like the way Ralph Waldo Emerson said it. He said, every person I meet is my superior in some way and I can learn from him or her. So as you get introduced to new people, 
if you take that attitude, if you have the idea that this is like a treasure hunt, that you're going to find out something about who they are, what they know, who else they know, what they've done. You're going to find something out about them that's going to be very interesting and potentially valuable for you. And then when you think about how you make yourself visible to them, think about doing it in a way that's going to create value for them. Not just to boast or brag, but where you're thinking about what could I share with them that would make their life better, that would enrich them in some way. Not in a way of giving advice or telling them what to do, but in a way of providing encouragement or providing data or providing a connection for them. So that's the first thing is take an interest in other people. The more you manifest that in practical ways, the stronger your network will become. And one of the practical rules that I use to help me get there is what I call the 70-30 rule. So in my mind, when I meet somebody new, my goal is to spend 70% of my time listening, 30% of my time speaking. And I've discovered this is not only valuable for developing interpersonal skills, but it's also great as a leader. When you're supervising people, if you can think of that 70-30 rule, or if you're doing business development or selling, in almost any relationship, if you can aim for the 70-30 rule, where you're listening 70% of the time, it's one of the greatest ways that we build relationships. And the reason is because people, most of all, people want to be known. They want to be understood. They want to be, they don't want you to think of them as, as your biases tell you to think of them. They want you to take the time to really know them. And, and people are so complex. People have so many nuances that you can spend a lifetime. Matter of fact, I've been married to my wife, Pam, for 42 years now, and I'm still learning things about her. So I thought I knew her, but I didn't know her completely. And that's a part of the joy of relationships in your network is every time you get with somebody in your network, there's something new to learn. And you learn that through listening. So connect through listening and asking good questions. And then I would say be frugal with advice because uh, there is something in us in our expert leadership where we think that our job is to tell everybody else how to make their life better. And we learn how to do it diplomatically and with a certain amount of uh, finesse. But the reality is people want to know that you understand and hear them long before they're open to your advice. Now, you might think that you could help them by giving some advice. But if you want to build strong interpersonal skills, one of the easy ways to do that is always ask if they would like some advice before you give it. Then when they give you permission, you've given them a chance to change their posture and be ready for what you might share with them. And not only advice, but one of the greatest ways that you build those relationships is by building connections. One of the things that I found is a very powerful way for me to continue to strengthen my network is by connecting people that I know to each other who don't know each other. And by connecting them, I've created value between the two of them. It, it is probably the most potent, the most powerful way to build your network is by using your network to connect people to each other in a way that will enrich their lives. The, the last piece of advice I would give you is keep some kind of a database or build some type of a database. And what I mean by that is a list somewhere of the people you know and what they do and their contact information. And it, it may be some information about their family or one of the people who just amazes me at his ability to do this is uh, Harvey McKay, who wrote the book, How to Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive. I think when he meets a new person, if I remember correctly, and I, I may be off, I didn't 
look this up recently, but I think he has 61 different data pieces of data that he collects on somebody new that he's met. It's their name and their birthday and their anniversary date and where they work and their contact information and their children and their spouse and their spouse's birthday and their children. I mean, he goes on and on and on. He wears me out to tell you the truth. (laughs) But you talk about being a power networker. He gets to know these people intimately and it has become one of the keys to his success in business. He's recognized around the world for his networking skills. So you might not be able to do it that aggressively, but come up with some kind of a database and it may be um, your LinkedIn or your Facebook or your contact directory or your email history. There are a lot of ways to build that database, but build and utilize that database. I have a list that I call my power 100 and what it is, is it's based on the advice of Judy Ropenut's book. It's the 100 people that are either a part of my inner circle, my middle circle or my outer circle that I regularly look at and ask myself, what have I done for them lately? And my commitment to each of them varies based on which circle they're in. But that Power 100 list, uh, one of the things I've realized is that I I can meet new people, make new relationships, but I don't need more relationships to live a rich life. I've got a full list already, as long as I'm intentional and thoughtful about how I invest in those relationships and how I encourage those people. And then I would say, if you want to add a few bonus points on, one would be learn to love diversity. A lot of us are afraid of diversity. You know, you meet somebody who comes from another part of the world or has a name that it's hard for you to pronounce or they may have an accent that's hard for you to hear. And we tend to want to just get away from that because we feel uncomfortable. We're we're, um, not feeling we can be our best self because we may be having trouble understanding them either audibly or we may have a hard time understanding where they're coming from their experience but if you'll change that and instead say oh my gosh here's an opportunity for me to learn from somebody who's had such a different experience from me i love this this is fantastic then if you learn to love diversity you'll always be enriching your life let me give you a quick example dale Um, our chief of staff bobby sanchez he's he's hispanic he grew up in a hispanic culture spanish was his first language english is his second language. And then he enrolled in the U.S. Army and he was in the Army for 24 years. So he has two experiences that are alien or foreign to me. First of all, I didn't grow up speaking Spanish. I didn't grow up in a Hispanic culture. And secondly, I've never served in the armed services. So I could just sort of cover over those things and talk about our mutual interests. But my love of diversity encourages me, inspires me to say, Bobby, I want to know you better. I want to understand what it was like for you growing up. I want to understand what was most important in your family experience. I want to understand what are the values that are most important in your family today. I want to understand what you learned in the army and how it shaped you. And and I'm constantly asking him about his past experience because of my love for diversity. And it could be any kind of diversity, male, female, generational diversity, different styles, extrovert versus introvert. It could be coming from different countries, from different parts of the United States. It could be coming from different departments. There is diversity everywhere we turn. And if you learn to love it and to explore it, it will strengthen your network. So I would finish, Dale, by saying that probably the greatest maxim that you could use in building your interpersonal skills is to always remember that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. 
And if you give, it's only a matter of time before you will also receive. I think, uh, are you an energy giver or an energy taker? And when I walk out of a room, have I left it better than I found it? Yeah, that's, that, that is absolutely terrific. One of the things we teach on is we teach people how to build influence and build their networks inside of their organization. And you just touched on it. Energy is one of the things that we're looking at. Are they giving it? If they're giving it, they're building their influence inside that organization that they work at. Well, you've given us a lot to think about. Uh, just a quick summary. First of all, it's thinking about your relationships using the 550-100 form- formula and those concentric circles, and then putting systems in place to manage those relationships, to stay in touch. And I love that question, have I made that person better? And it's a great opportunity for us. So thank you so much, Ron Price, uh, co-author of The Complete Leader. If you have not picked up that book yet, we definitely recommend you do. Also, you're in the midst of the episode about interpersonal skills. If uh, you haven't had a chance yet, you can go back and listen to a lot of episodes. We're 60, 70 episodes in, and each episode dives deeper into a specific uh, area of The Complete Leader, and it's an opportunity to grow those leadership skills inside of you. If you haven't had a chance yet, be sure and check out the website, thecompleteleader.org. It's all one word, thecompleteleader.org. A lot of resources there for you, along with more podcasts, videos, blogs. Uh, You'll get a chance to meet the entire faculty for The Complete Leader on the website and see how it can impact you and your organization. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in iTunes so that that as it is released every week, you are reminded and it's right there at the top of your playlist. While you're there, if you would rate and review the podcast, we would be very grateful. Uh, Hopefully we've earned those five stars from you. A sentence or two about how this podcast impacts you would be a big help in driving it higher, driving the podcast higher in the search results for people who are looking for this type of information. This is the Complete Leader Podcast, everything you need to become a high-performing leader. Thanks for listening to the Complete Leader Podcast. Find more online, thecompleteleader.org. 